It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles again, if you would, turn to 2 Kings in chapter 2. We'll go ahead and read our text again, and then jump back to 1 Kings, where we're also dealing with, we'll get here to 2 Kings chapter 2, towards the end of the week. We see in verse number 9, And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken up from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes, and he rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when they parted hither and thither, and when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Now we go back to 1 Kings in chapter 19. We find again the call of Elisha. God has told Elijah in verse 16 to anoint Elisha as the one that would be prophet in his room. Verse 19, Elijah finds Elisha. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my mother and my father, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him, and he took a yoke of oxen and slew them, and bowled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah, and ministered unto him. Yesterday we looked that at a reason that I believe Elisha was chosen to be the next prophet, and something that qualified him for having the power of God in his life. And that was that he was qualified, we said. Qualified because he was a laborer. He was a hard worker, and I think that carried over into spiritual matters. We said he was submitted to authority. 
and we said that he was surrendered. Now, there was a little more I could, I could give on this. When God called him, he was ready to give up everything that he knew to follow God's call. We see it by his haste and by his slaying one of the yoke of oxen and using the instruments of the oxen or that whole plow and the yoke that would have held them together to cook them with. It tells me he was turning his back on it. He wouldn't need that anymore. Now, he didn't kill all the oxen, but I, I tend to think that he used probably that entire plow and maybe some, at least the yoke that was on them, maybe more of that. Maybe he took some of the, the actual yokes that would be on some of the other oxen and used that for the wood because he took it and boiled their flesh with this. So, I mean, it took a lot of wood for that. You say, well, what are you getting at? Well, this is what I'm getting at. Up to this point, he had been a farmer. When God called him, he laid all that aside. In fact, so much so, he was so surrendered, he burnt his tools. It wouldn't be easy for him just to come back and pick up where he left off. He kind of destroyed a good part of what he was using. I see he was surrendered. And we need some people today that are surrendered to that point. You might not know what God has for your life yet, but that does not mean that you cannot be surrendered to it ahead of time. Make the decision now before you, before you see, before you give yourself time to think otherwise. Make up your mind that wherever it is that God takes you, whatever the cost is, you'll surrender it all. It'll help you when later on in life, or maybe in the near future, God begins to deal with your heart about doing something. If you've already surrendered, what's there to hold back? I see that he was qualified, but then I see that he was prepared. By the time that we get to 2 Kings in chapter 2, Elisha has been prepared for this work. I see it first of all in his servanthood. We see that after Elijah calls him, it says in verse 21, Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. That word minister means he became the man of God's servant. Whatever it was that the man of God needed, he was going to do it. It's not necessarily always a spiritual task. A lot of physical things. Maybe it was carrying luggage for him or whatever it would be that they packed. Just being there, whatever he needed. That was his yes man. That was his servant. If he needed somebody to go run and grab this or go do that, that was his gopher. And that's what Elisha was. You'll never be able to be a leader until you first learn how to serve. Later on in his life, God was going to use Elisha 
to be the prophet for Israel. Elisha would have his own servant at one point. But before God ever brought him to that point, before God ever got him to that place of authority and that place of power, really, you could say, he had to learn how to serve. He had to be a servant to the man of God. I find that he was a servant before he was a servant even to Elisha. Or, I'm sorry, Elijah. He cared for the people, whether it was his servants that were working with him or whether it was people in the town when he left. He boils his oxen and he gave it to everybody. He was serving everybody there already. I think this is something that was already ingrained in his character. So it was no problem for him when an opportunity came to serve the man of God. It was no going to be no issue whatsoever. Many people today have the idea, especially the younger generation, that everybody exists to serve them. They expect everything handed to them on a silver platter. But that is not how it works in God's economy. We are servants. Jesus said, Him that would be the greatest of all, let him be servant of all. Jesus Christ Himself came to serve, not to be served, and serve the disciples. He washed the feet, which was the lowest job for the lowest of servants in a household. And Jesus Christ took that upon himself. There ought not to be any place that we are not willing to stoop to, to serve God. We ought not be too high that we cannot fit through the door of humility. This goes on for probably about eight years, seven, eight years that he's serving Elijah. You know, I wonder how many times, I mean, if it would have been me, you know, I know I've been called to be prophet in the room. You know, you think, oh, this, this might be some quick thing. But it wasn't. In one manner of speaking, now I know the older we get, the shorter, you know, eight, ten years seems to be. But still, eight years is a, a long time to be serving a man of God, having no recognition, absolutely, I mean, nothing whatsoever that you really see. He's just the servant. Oh, there's the man of God, and here's his servant. But that didn't matter to him. And God let that serving prepare him. If we want to be used by God, if we want to see God be able to use us, we must be a servant. I see that he was patient. All these things go into his preparation. Patient to wait on God's timing. I see that he was humble. He had no problem serving in the background. Elijah was always in the limelight. For from chapter 20 of 1 Kings all the way to 2 Kings chapter 2, we do not see, as far as I know, any other reference to him, at least not directly by name, maybe as a servant. You just don't see him. He, he was just there in the background, willing to serve. God will use somebody like that. 
Somebody that's willing to serve behind the scenes. They don't have to be seen. It's not about them. It's, it's about God. It's about serving God. Somebody that gets a hold of that, God can use a person like that. How willing are you to serve God in obscurity? How surrendered are you to... Uh, would, would you be willing to serve your pastor at your church? Your fellow church members? Your neighbors? Would you be willing to serve the world? Those that maybe don't even like you. Christ was. I believe we ought to be just like Christ. There's a lot that want to be used by God. But they're not willing to take the path of preparation that God expects them to take. You'll never get to the high position with God's blessings without first being a servant. God will not use proud men or women. Some of us get very impatient. We want God to do something right now and on. We can't wait for God and we're going to try to pull strings to whatever we have to to get to where we think we need to be. But we need to take home some lessons from Elisha. He was patient and willing to wait on God. Now the moment God called him, he was ready to go and went. He didn't waste any time. But I just see a very special man of God being shaped in that way. Those kind of character qualities you don't find in very many people. And so I wonder, maybe that's why we don't see near as many people being called today. Because they're not willing, they're not qualified, and they're not prepared for God's call. I don't know who all is listening today, but I would challenge you to do this. Do all you can to prepare yourself to be a fit vessel for God's use. So that when the opportunity comes, you'll be ready and available and fit for the Master's use. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwallen.org.